Well, we have two very special guests who have been with us before, um, not in this setting, but we were so excited uh, about what they are doing that we brought them back. Yana Gibson with Emerging Builders and Tate Williams with CoBuild KC. They are the ones who are going to make the Eastland Society House happen. So, very excited about that. But the story is so good that we need you guys to tell us what's happening. So, Yana, your company, tell us about what you do. Wonderful. Good morning, everybody. I work with Emerging Builders. It is a pre-apprentice training program men, blacks, and other people of color to enter into the construction trades. And so we work through, uh, with CoBuild uh, in a 10-week program where they do on-the-job training as well as we provide supportive services, financial literacy, um, mine went blank, group hmm. counseling, uh, and then also an entrepreneurial track. And we're getting ready to start doing individual counseling as well because we find that a number of folks that come through the program need that service. Mm-hmm. All right. So you are developing people to enter into the construction trade. You're teaching them how it gets done, how to become a contractor. Uh, like somebody in particular got a name or a face or whatever that you can think of off the top That's of your head. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Co-Build started a year and a half ago. Emerging Builders started a year ago. In our first summer session, we had high school students. We had a young lady named Shakaya uh, who really didn't want to be there, but it was a paid position, so she was excited, sort of. Uh, and Kaya, in our first breakout session, she got up and she was like, I don't want to do with this. I don't like you people. Leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. And so for me, I was like, beautiful, go home, little girl. Um, and Tate says, no, 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 let me talk to her, let me talk to her. So I was like... Beautiful. So uh, after the 15-minute break, Tate comes back and he goes, oh, she's going to stay with us. And I'm like, yay, right? So I'm really excited. Um, so in this year's time, what I've learned from Shakaya is she was, uh, she was homeless. She was living from place to place. And uh, her mom was alive, is alive but has never been a caregiver and a nurturer. So she's lived on different cousins' couches. And Kai was a junior in high school. Um, since then, fast forward to today, Kaya graduated from high school. She got into an independent living program, so she was managing her own apartment, and she recently left for college at Lincoln mm-hmm. University. So Amen. she's doing well. That's cool. And so she was working with you, and that gave her the hope and yeah, the opportunity. If, if you listen to Kaya, what she says, uh, and, and which I found just across the, the track, is she's like, um, working with Tate and Yana, it's a support system mm-hmm. that you never have. I've mm-hmm. never had that. And so uh, having the support and people believing in you mm-hmm. that you can and still yeah. pushing you. And she's like, she was telling my daughter the other day, she's like, it didn't matter what I did wrong. And there was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, they never gave up and they mm-hmm. never stopped. And I think that's the piece about emerging builders that uh, resonates with the folks yeah, that go through that's it. That's so cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good ministry. Tate, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, so um, my job is to, to run and train on the construction trade side of things. So I was raised in the industry. My dad was a builder. Uh, it's kind of been passed down generationally, and I've spent most of my life trying to run away from construction to find something more meaningful to do. Um, and uh, so I was able to, uh, to launch CoBuild as a traditional construction company 
you know, that you would hire or folks would hire to, to fix their house or build that addition or build that new house for them, but with the purpose of having apprenticeships uh, as part of, of what we would do. Um, and Yana graciously stepped in very early in the development um, as an advisor initially and then uh, now the executive director of, of this nonprofit. And so um, my job is to really provide the, the opportunities inside of the industry that I'm familiar with and sort of bridge the gap to the people who have the expectations of getting the project done and explain to them, hey, we're going to take a little bit longer. We're going to do it a little bit differently than you may be used to or may have expected from a contractor because we're training Shakaya, for example. And Shakaya is going to need some time in understanding how to do tile. She's great at tile, but she's going to need a little bit of time to learn um, how to do that well. And so my job is to kind of bridge that gap um, so that we compete with other contractors and get work done for our clients, but we also explain to them and help them understand what we're really trying to accomplish beyond just getting that house renovated or, um, you know, or building that house. So um, you're working on the east side and north of the river some, right? No. Not no? What, what, I, I got that wrong. Tell me, correct no. me. Um, east side, northeast area of Kansas City. Northeast. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And so uh, you, you do, it's not always some project like the Eastland house, it's normal people's homes, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, not us. Yeah. A couple of examples of projects we have going on right now. There's a coffee shop in Kansas City, Kansas that we're adding an expansion to called Split Law Coffee. Um, We're building a net zero affordable home for a nonprofit called Maddie Roads in partnership with K-State School of Architecture and Engineering. It's a Mm -hmm. prototype home funded by the city contract. Um, we're doing a couple of renovation projects as well for other mm-hmm. investors. Um, so we, we are a traditional kind of construction company, but with a, with a bent towards uh, low-income properties and affordable housing is primarily our main focus. But then this, this added element of every one of our job sites provides a job training opportunity. Yeah. So this is the cool part, right? Everybody's got it. So Tate and CoBuild are providing the, the work place and the infrastructure goes around that. And then Yana's company is actually putting people on the job site and they're learning the trade. And it's so, so super cool. It's a very exciting thing. You know, Eastland House has kind of languished along here, kind of waiting for a builder on the thing and didn't, not a lot happen. And I'm telling you, I think this timing's right. Like this was, it was worth the wait to come up with this sort of a combo. You know, I mean, this is a very, very cool opportunity. So we're very, very excited about the whole thing. So now, let's talk about something really important. So uh, what did you do all day yesterday? Okay. So yesterday, I have four grand boys that I'm their guardian. They play mm-hmm. football. And so four boys, three different teams, started football at 1030. Really? Ended football at 730 last <laughs> night. So this wonderful voice you're hearing is not just because I sound good. It's because I screamed all day yesterday. <laughs> so you are a football grandmother. Mm-hmm. I'm a football grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Tate, you got a bunch too, right? Yeah, I've got uh, five kids, uh, nine and under. Uh, my wife have, and I have fostered and adopted and have a biological child. And she's graciously at home uh, letting me uh, take some time away to come and be with you all this morning. You should just collect a bunch of those McAllister, McAllister box lunches that we got like, hey. 
you know, because you're going to say, you've been off having a good time, haven't you? So, I might do that. That's a great Doing idea. your luxury job at oh, those you, churches, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah you guys should take all this stuff up. Well, we thank you for your participation thank you. In, with us uh, and partnership on the Eastland House. We are very excited to get the thing done. One Life Financial Challenge will underwrite that project, and we are going to wrap this thing up and get it uh, to the Hope Center so they can put people in there, and we can get the ministry going. Uh, and keep that project going and move on to the next thing. So it's going to be good. So Amen. Appreciate it. Let me pray for both of you. Thank you. So, Lord, uh, we lift up our sister Yana and our brother Tate. Pray, God, that you would bless them and keep them safe. Pray, God, that you would give them hope that they would walk into the office inspired to continue to do the work that they're doing to build the kingdom of God here and in our midst during our one lifetime. May it all be good. In the name of Christ, and we all said, amen. amen. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate Thank it. Thanks so much. Thank you all. So. Very, very cool ministry going on there. Uh, very excited about it. I'm so glad that the whole thing came together as it is. Well, let's um, turn here to the Word of God. And we go to the Gospel of John. Last chapter, Jesus is talking to Peter, post-resurrection on the shore of Galilee, and we run into this, this passage, John 21. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus says, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, Jesus said, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, Jesus said to him, follow me, (laughs) follow me. Those same words that called Peter from his fishing boat there at the Sea of Galilee. Three years later, hearing the same last words from Jesus, follow me. I've been in ministry since I was 16. And uh, in all that time, I have collected quite a few mementos, I guess you call them, little uh, icons, souvenirs, things that, uh, you know, that I've collected, um, which by the way, I meant to bring that out. I keep carrying around my pocket. I got this slug, this bullet that I picked up on the front porch of the Eastland house a couple of years ago. And, uh, clearly it hit the brick and, uh, I usually keep it in my, my car in the door handle and it rattles all the time that I drive reminding me, don't forget the Eastland house. So I keep it. Another memento I have, I guess, I'm, I guess I like this kind of stuff, is this rope. And um, Jesus says, Peter, someday somebody's going to tie a rope around you, around your waist, and they're going to lead you where you do not want to go to indicate what kind of death he was going to experience. This rope represents Peter's rope. And it's his first garment um, and his last garment. Someday, somebody's going to wrap something around you and take you where you don't want to go. Strong tradition says that Peter went to Rome, was taken to Rome. And by the time he got there, Nero was in power. You know, Nero. And that he was crucified in AD 64 by Nero. And tradition says that Peter chose to be crucified upside down so as not to disgrace or dishonor the cross of Jesus. 
Not quite sure how death happens being hung upside down. Sounds like it would take a long time. Some people, some theologians call this moment here on the beach Peter's baptism into the church. He was a follower of Christ, but the church began right, right, right about there. And like baptism, church, folks, is about like a rope, isn't it? Church is its rope itself. And it wraps it around us and it takes us where we don't want to necessarily go. To be bound together with the people we didn't really choose. To be called to a mission that's beyond us. To something larger than we could ever imagine. Basically, you get in trouble when you come to church. You get taken someplace you don't want to go. The call of Jesus Christ binds us to something that we did not choose or invent. And the rope of the church, it consecrates us. It separates us from our own will. And like Peter, the rope of the Holy Spirit takes us places, namely, and to begin, with your inner self. It takes you inside your own soul, shows you your own garbage, your own selfishness. And that rope takes us to those who suffer more than us. It turns you into a person that stops being self-centered and worried about your own agenda and your own way, and it turns you into somebody who cares about somebody else. That is the ideal of the human experience, to love your neighbor as yourself. Life, life consecrates us. Life wraps a rope around us, doesn't it? All those who tempt to refuse the rope of life They get excommunicated from society. You cannot go through this planet living just for yourself. In the 1960s, there's a famous murder case in New York City in the middle of the night. You've probably heard of it. This infamous murder, a woman was stabbed multiple times and murdered in the street while 30 people listened and watched from their apartment windows and not one person called the police. Remember this story? It blew up, even without social media. None of the onlookers called the police because, why? Because they did not want to get involved. It wasn't their problem. And later, after the whole thing blew up, a huge debate began in America about those who said, this was not my problem, and about whether or not those people who failed to act were guilty. It was a big deal. Were they not somehow guilty because they watched a murder and listened to a murder and did nothing? Were they? The world would say, not my problem. That's their problem. But the Christian, the person with the rope tied around him, the follower of Jesus says, it's all my problem. I have to stand before my maker someday. And say, why didn't you do something? The onlookers attempted to refuse the rope of living among other human beings. Yeah, all of us are familiar with this because the best rope any of us ever understand is the rope of having children. Yeah, children tie a rope around you. They take you someplace you don't want to go. Children take you away from your personal freedom. Amen? Your children baptize you into a deeper, richer experience of what it means to be alive. Marriage, children, mortgages, jobs, they all baptize you into life. They all wrap something around you that you don't know where it's going to take you. I remember the moment just before I uh, married Laurie. They were sitting by a fire, 
out in the desert in Arizona. And I had a little book, you know, in the ring. And I, it's so weird, you know, you're having like about 14 conversations going on in your head in that moment. And uh, a whole bunch of them saying like, no. And, and one or two saying, oh, yeah. And deep in my soul, I remember thinking, this is it. This is it. I'll never be apart from another human being in my entire life. And I also vividly remember sitting in a hotel room on the other side of the planet with a one-year-old little Chinese girl and thinking, I can never give her back for the rest of my life. What parent hasn't had that same thought when they hold that child for the very first time and somewhere in there, everybody leaves the room and you're standing there holding that kid and you're thinking, I am bound to love and nurture this child for the rest of my life. Never to be parted. What happens for the next 25 to 50 years, every time they turn around, any number of little tiny and then not so tiny hands are held out saying, can I have some car keys? Can I have some money? Can I, I need your sleep. I need your energy. I need your hand in the middle of the night. I need your cell phone minutes. I need your sympathy, joy, tears, encouragement. Each time we ask someone to marry us, each time a child's given to us, we face that massive question. Will I accept the tie that binds? And that morning on the shore with Jesus, Peter accepted the rope that set the course of the rest of his life. So that today, today, great cathedrals, the greatest cathedral in the world in the, in the Vatican, St. Peter's, is named after Peter. He's a saint. Nobody names their kid Nero. They won't even name their dog Nero. They might name their cat Nero, but nobody will name their son Nero. St. Peter changed the world because he took the rope and bound himself. That took him to a place he never imagined he would go. So this morning we have to ask, are we willing to accept the rope of this one life commitment for the next 30 months? We do so because we love Jesus, period. That's where we all began. We do so because we love each other. We are one life, one church, one body. We are bound to each other. It's not something you thought about real strong when you joined the church, but here's the reality of it. We do so because we love others, because we want to die to our neighbor and change the world and change lives, just like Tate and just like Yana are talking about. Some are called to preach the the gospel and others are called to fund the gospel. We know what our calling is around Lakeland because our strongest asset around here is our generosity. We have blown away the mind of our consultant. We have set national records around here. It is what we do well. It is our strength. It's our asset. And leadership has already shown the way on this strength. Just a few weeks ago, our leadership group committed 869000 It is a very strong start. And today we are asking the rest of the church to bring it on home. To make this thing a success. And so we trust the rest of the church will show up and bind themselves, brothers and sisters, and the ministry before us. 
And we will change other people's lives and support what they do on the front lines of ministry. We are one body, one hope, one calling, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. And each one of us have been given this grace, this rope, and may we cherish our Lord and the mission we've been given and the opportunity and be those kind of people we always wanted to be. That's who we are, Lakeland. And this is our Sunday, this Commitment Sunday of One Life. Pastor Garrett, would you come and tell us about how this will take place? Well, good morning, everyone. Well, this is our big moment, and this is the time. Uh, Taped around the room, for those of you in the room, there are envelopes like this, and inside a pledge card like this. So if you'll take one of those at this time, even if you've already filled one of these out in just a moment, we're going to ask those of you who have already done it to still... Bring a blank one forward just to participate in the prayer and the procession aspect of it. So for those of you watching by live stream, um, the safest way is if you have another device that you're not watching the live stream on, to go to the Lakeland app and go to forms and look for the One Life Financial Commitment Card. Uh, Another way is below this live stream, there should be a button there that says One Life Financial Commitment Card. And I believe if you press that button in another window... The, uh, the commitment card will appear. I hope that when you press that button that I do not disappear. But uh, we'll see the wonders of the internet. All right, so there is a way that we can all get on the same page. So hopefully you are getting your form up or you've gotten your card. So if you'll take that out. First thing, whether on the form or the card, the most important thing is your name. So let's make sure we get a name. We've gotten some wonderful cards in the past with no name. So that didn't help a lot. Uh, Put a little contact in for their phone or email or or something like that. So we can verify. And then there's a box for your 30-month pledge amount. Now, most of you have already given something in one life. So we're asking you to combine your combine your past and your future giving together into one. So if you already gave 500 back in June and you're wanting to give another 3,000 in 30 months, write 3,500 on here. Now, if you have no hope of remembering what you've given in the past, we've got computers, we can figure it out. Just put already given plus and then your future amount. We'll, we'll get it sorted. We'll get it sorted. Underneath that on the card, on the, on the all right. <laughs> I can hear me cutting in and out, right? So, and this is no better. There we go. Let us pray. All right. On the card, both the digital and the paper version, there is um, how you intend to give it, you know, weekly, monthly, annually. You are not held to that plan. This just gives us a basic idea of what to expect. So put something in there so we have a basic idea of what you're intending. Um, If you have no idea, hey, right, no idea. Um, But uh, it just, uh, you're not held to that plan, but it just gives us an idea. Now, for those of you here in the room, uh, you have a backside to your card. And it shows all the different opportunities. And I just want to highlight the important ministry that each gift does. And I also want to highlight that every gift Every pledge matters. So there are some folks here this morning who could give 
$500 a week, that would be $2,100 a month. Over 30 months, that would be a $65,000 pledge. That one pledge would entirely fund our commitments to the Prodeo Youth Center, to the Veronica's Voice Ministry that helps women leave the sex trade, and Welcoming the Stranger, which helps folks assimilate into our country who are fleeing persecution um, in, in, their, in their home country that they will never be uh, able to return to. What an amazing legacy and an amazing gift that would be. If you gave $300 a week, that would be $1,300 a month. That's a $39,000 pledge. That pledge would almost entirely fund, well, for 30 months, that would entirely fund uh, the ministry of the underground house church in China, which, as Dan said, is suffering more persecution now than it has in the entire 14 years that we have been a ministry partner. They need us now more than ever, um, uh, ministering and hiding even as we speak this morning. $150 a week, that would be a $650 a month pledge. Over 30 months, $19,500. That pledge, you could provide beans and rice for 20 families in Annapra, Mexico for three years. Uh, also supporting the, the library there, the community center that that library has become for what has basically become our sister city here at Lakeland. $100 a week is a $433 a month pledge, a $13,000 pledge. Four families like that, and we could reroute the stormwater from our roof into the sewer, because right now our stormwater is collecting under the building, and it seeps back through the concrete. It makes it so humid in here, um, and, and increases the energy bills and, and all sorts of things. Uh, it endangers the electronic equipment to have that high of humidity. And so... Uh, Pledges uh, also ensure and protect the ministry and the investments that we have made here to sharing the gospel. $65 a week, $282 a month. That's an $8,400 pledge. Eight families pledged like that would finish the Eastland House project that you just heard about. And now the Eastland House, the building of it is a ministry, and then the house becomes a ministry. For those eight families, that is a gift for $65 a week that will long, long outlive you and do great work in the kingdom. $35 a week is a $150 a month pledge. That's $4,500. 11 families committing at that level, and we could do, uh, we're doing, wanting to do a two-inch overlay on a parking lot. We've never done this level of repair on a parking lot before, but it is time. There are potholes forming. It is turning to gravel. I just had lunch with my father-in-law. He's been in facility management his whole life, and he said, you have seven seconds to create an impression of your property, and especially these days. People are very scared to come to church. Our press is not good if someone comes to the church parking lot, they've already shown in tremendous bravery and courage. When they get out of the car, what will they see? Will they think, this is going to be all right? Normal people go here, this, or are they going to go, uh-oh, <laughs> this looks a little sketchy to me. You just have seven seconds to make that impression. Those things matter. $20 a week is $87 a month. That's $2,600 a year. Oh, no, over 30 months, over 30 months. Uh, six families pledging at that level could build a playground structure for children who are living this morning in a domestic violence shelter that doesn't have an outdoor play space. Or if you prefer, it could build a church in the mountains of Jamaica, a church service that's going on right now 
standing room only in a room that is maybe just twice the size of the stage I'm standing on. That church has people that are wanting to worship God and hear the word of Jesus. And they need some more space. And we could do that for $20 a week. $10 a week. Every single pledge and promise matters. This is a $40 a month pledge. That's $1,200. Just that pledge alone would bring an intern in for the summer who would serve and minister to our youth at the same time that college student is learning Christian ministry and Christian leadership. Eight families pledging that level funds the entire program for two years. Everything you offer to the Lord, the Lord brings back a hundredfold for his kingdom. And so you have just these few minutes now to punch in the digital card or fill out this card. If you've already done a card, we still want you to come forward. And then at the head of this row, there's a basket. The head of that, or rather aisle, head of that aisle, there's a basket. And we'll come forward during the song and we'll make our pledges and commitments. I always recommend a prayer there. Lord, thank you for providing. May you continue to provide that I can meet this pledge and keep this promise. All good gifts come from you. So this is another one of our big, big moments. Let's begin it by praying together. Father, we thank you that you have laid these things on our hearts. Lord, we thank you that you have brought us this far. May we now turn to you, put our trust in you. Realize, Lord, we just have this one life. Just this one life to walk this distance, carrying the torch that was passed to us. May we carry it well. May it burn brightly. And someday, we pray not too soon, but someday, Lord, may there be someone there to take it from us and carry it on. With the good news of the love of God through Jesus Christ may go on forever until your return. It is in the name of Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.